Welcome to Breaking It Down with D'Anthony, with your host, Devin Anthony. Welcome to the latest edition of Breaking It Down with D'Anthony. Uh, a lot to talk about today. It's playoff season, uh, my favorite time of the year. You get NBA and NHL playoffs, but most importantly, we got a top-ranked boxing uh, preview podcast today. I will be there for that, and we'll have a full uh, podcast on that uh, in terms of sound bites I get from the press conference and what I'm able to get from there. And we'll also have my thoughts on uh, all the main fights uh, from that. So that will be coming out soon. Um, but just to preview for that fight, uh, we're talking about the top two fights. Uh, you got uh, Julian Rodriguez versus Ho- Jose Petrasa and Jeremiah Nakatilla versus Shakur Stevenson. They're going to be two great fights, I think. I think either one could go either way. I, you know, a lot of people are saying that, oh, Shakur... Uh, is definitely the main is definitely the main favorite that he's he's gonna be the guy in this fight. This guy this this fight isn't fair. Uh, Nakatilla hasn't had a lot of experience in really big fights. I think he's only had two or three fights in the United States alone. Uh, he fights out of he fights out of Nambia in Africa, so that's where he that's where he has most of his fights and hasn't fought very you know very well known fighters, good fighters there. Uh, he's more of an amateur fighter, but again, he's twenty one and one. Uh, he has 17 knockouts, and he's there to get that vacant WBO interim uh, junior lightweight title. Uh, it's going to be a 12 12 round bout. Uh, I think I think it goes at least seven or eight uh, before you know maybe we see a knockout. If not, I, th- I think it goes the whole thing. Uh, but I think you know Nakatilla. He I think he wanted to keep this you know I think he wanted to keep leading up to it a little bit more peaceful. But then you know Shakur uh, starts starts talking mess, saying I'm not going to lose to no cop because. I guess that's Nakatilla is one of his uh, jobs uh, back in some countries that he was he is a cop or he was a cop. But Shakur Stevenson has claimed in, in, in multiple in multiple interviews that he's not going to overestimate any fighter. But then again, at the weigh in at the at the press conference, he seems to be you know he seems to be pretty confident. He 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 seems like you know he hasn't seen a lot of Nakatilla. I don't think he's watched very many of his fights just because he's kind of a more unknown name. Uh, but then now he gets now he gets the main event. Uh, at a pretty important night for Top Rank at the new Virgin Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas, uh, it's a big month for Top Rank. They have uh, three other big cards in the month of June, so uh, it's good. It's good to see them doing well. Um, the other fight, Julian Rodriguez versus Jose Jose Petraza. Uh, Petraza is twenty eight and three with thir- with thirteen knockouts. Very experienced fighter. Uh, he's thirty two years old. He's you know he he's he's definitely a prominent figure in that junior welterweight class. And fighting out of Puerto Rico, I think there's two other guys uh, fighting fighting on that card tonight uh, from Puerto Rico. So uh, big, big represent, big, big, big representing from there. Um, but you know, Julian Rodriguez, he's you know he said in an interview, um, he he looks forward to these big fights. He hasn't felt like he's really you know he's he's 21 and 0. He's undefeated. Uh, he's one of the few. He, I think he's the yeah one of the few guys on this card uh, who's undefeated. I believe there's three or four other guys. Um, but he definitely has the most to lose. He's 21-0, 14 knockouts, uh, 26 years old, fighting out of New Jersey. Um, he, you know, he's he, he, he made the weight. Him and Petrasa both made the weight. He's ready to go. Um, but again, just like Stevenson, I don't, you know, I don't think he's in his place to really be over, overly confident about a fight like this. He's got to go in. He's got to keep his head down. Uh, he's got to stick to his game plan because Petrasa is such a good fighter. Uh, he has so much experience in the game, uh, multiple fights with top rank. And, you know, Rodriguez has come out to say that whenever Petrasa gets a big fight, he tends to, you know, he tends to not perform well in big, in, uh, in, in big events. So it could be different tonight. 
Um, again, I don't think if either fighter wins, it's a huge upset. I think if Rodriguez wins, it really you know boosts his career even more to really uh, compete for that title at the junior welterweight class. And then if Pedraza wins, you know it's just another good win on his resume as he continues to uh, succeed in that weight class at 32 years of age. So it uh, should be should be great fights on the undercard as well. Uh, you have good young up, upcoming fighters who are trying to make a name for themselves. Uh, good for them to get back in the game. Um, but again, Nakatilla Stevenson. Uh, Nakatilla is 31 years old. Uh, Stevenson, I believe, is just is just 23 years old. So again, Nakatilla really has nothing to lose from this fight. You know, if he loses, so what? He made a name for himself. He you know he made some good money. He got to come fight in Las Vegas in the main event. Um, you know, maybe no one ever talks of him again. And, you know, he could all, he could obviously come back here, uh, you know, maybe for a rematch, uh, try to fight another fighter here. But again, he doesn't have that much to lose. You know, he, we, we know he's a, we know he's a heavy heat hitter. Uh, we know he can knock guys down 17 knockouts, um, and 22 fights on, on his record. Um, but again, you have Shakur Stevenson who, you know, if, if he loses this fight, it's a lot, it's a lot more for him to lose than Nagatilla. Uh, Stevenson, is really confident in, in his game. Uh, he wants he 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 wants to make a name for himself. Continue to make a name for himself. He is one of the more he is becoming one of the more renowned fighters um, in the world. But he he's got to win this fight if he wants to continue that that path up to being you know a champion or or um, a multi champion. So you know just twenty three years of age. He has great people around him. Uh, trains with T- Terence Crawford a lot, who's arguably one of the best fighters top rank has, maybe behind Tyson Fury. Um, but you know, I think Stevenson's a guy who really takes pride in his quickness and I, you know, and he also has, he also really knows how to read distance. And I think that could help him a lot in terms of feeling out Nakatilla because I don't don't think he's seen that much of him, as I said earlier. Um, but again, Stevenson, I think this is a must win fight for him. You know, he's, he's, he's undefeated. He's, he's 15 and 0, um, eight knockouts. You know, I don't know if he's going to knock out Nakatilla. Um, I think he's definitely going to go for it. I think he's energetic. I think he's been excited for this fight, uh, wants to get it over with and then continue uh, his path upwards. You know, a lot of people see great, great potential in him to becoming one of the better uh, pound for pound fighters in the world. So a lot on the line for Shakur Stevenson tonight. And I think, um, you know, he's not going to shy away. He's not going to shy away from that, That's from that opportunity. And I think he's going to seize the moment and win that fight. Okay. Um, also fighting, we, you know, UFC 263, I'll also break that down uh, in my next podcast when I talk about the event tonight. Um, Adesanya versus Vittori, those two guys hate each other. And I mean, that is genuine hate. That's just not, that's not just doing it for the cameras. Those guys, they fought before three years ago. Uh, it was only a three-round fight, went, to, went the whole thing. I, I believe Izzy won. Um, I think Izzy won by decision. Um, but again, this that's another fight. I think if if Izzy loses this, you know he 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 is handed his first fight by Jan Blachowicz a couple months ago. He's twenty and one. If he loses a second in a row, you know you, you got to think, all right, where does he go from there? And and if, and if Tory wins, you know finally he gets to be uh, the champion of that middleweight class, something that Adesanya has held held for a couple of years. So uh, also should be good to see Nate Diaz back in action tonight. I don't think he's fought in over a year. Um, you know, and then Figueroa's defending his uh, championship as well in the fight in the flyweight class against Brandon Moreno. So three great fights on that card. All should be very exciting. Uh, I don't think any of those will be early knockouts. Uh, you know, Leon Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. Neither of those fighters have a lot to lose. I think both of them just trying to make uh, you know get get back in the game. 
uh, give give the fans an entertaining fight. But Adesanya, Vittoria, a lot on the line there uh, for both of those guys' confidence. So I think those guys are going to battle it out. Um, you know, Vittori's known for for his he has his great game on the ground, whereas Izzy's a better striker. So it'll be able to it'll be interesting to see which one is able to play their game more, and whoever is able to, I think, will win that fight. All right, moving on to NHL playoffs. Um, I, I I can't believe it. The Canadians are in are in the semis. Uh, you know, we gave a more untraditional format for the NHL playoffs this year. You don't have a Western Western Eastern Conference title. Um, because they split the four divisions this year between Central, East, uh, North, and West. So the West will take on the North, and Central will take on the East. you got the Golden Knights uh, versus the Canadians, and the Islanders versus Tampa. Tampa versus New York is an interesting matchup. They haven't played against each other this year. Neither has Montreal or Vegas. So, you know, a lot a lot of changes between those four teams in the last year or so uh, since they've all played each other. Um, but again... Andre Vasilevsky, uh, he's really been he's been great for Tampa Bay this year. Uh, he's a Vecina finalist. Uh, Tampa Bay was you know very happy to get Nikita Kucherov back as soon as the playoffs started, even though he didn't play all of regular season. Uh, he's been performing very well. He had seven points in their series against Carolina in the last round, so he's he's been he's been an important leader for that team in the playoffs. Uh, Stamkos, Point, Palat, all been very good as well. Uh, all very good forwards for Tampa Bay this year. Sorelli's playing well. So, um, you know, when you have a hot goaltender in, in the NHL playoffs, your team's going to do well. And that is exactly why, uh, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit, but my, that's why the Canadians are, are in the second-to-last round because of their great uh, goaltending uh, with Carey Price. Um, the Islanders, they, they were, all, just like the Canadians, they were uh, the fourth seed in their division. Um, so they... Uh, they, they were able to beat Pittsburgh and then Boston. Uh, Boston's a very good team this year, so surprising that the Islanders won that series 4-2. to two. Um, Varlow Moff seemed to get his confidence back. Um, he, you know, he wasn't playing well for a stretch, but he's definitely uh, been, been better in that series against Boston. Um, and, and in that game six, he had 23 saves and 25 shots. Uh, so he's definitely seemed to gain, gain his confidence back, which is huge for an Islanders team. Um, you know, that scored a lot of goals in that game six. They won six to two. Um, you know, Barzell is definitely a leader on that team that's been playing very well. Um, they, they're, they've been playing very well defensively. Um, you know, credit to their goaltending. But I think that that'll be a good series. I think Tampa Bay will win that series just because, um, you know, of how fresh they are. You have Kucherov, who hasn't played regular season, just playing the playoffs. Uh, because of injury, but they're a very fresh team. They have good young players. They were they are the defending champs. Um, you know they have a lot more on the line, in my opinion, than the Islanders. And I just don't think the Islanders have what it takes to to knock off the defending champions. So I do think we'll be we'll we'll see uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning in, in the Stanley Cup final this year. Now looking at Vegas versus Montreal, um, they haven't played in I think maybe a year and a half. It's been a really long time since the two have played. So, um, you know, you have you have guys who have played on each other's team before. You have um, you have Patrick Reddy, who's played for the Canadians before. And then you have Tomas Tatar, who's played for the Knights before. Um, you know, Tyler Toffoli, he's been great for the Canadians this year. 44 points in the season. Uh, Mark Stone, Patrick Reddy, both great for the Knights this year. Um, but again, I think you have probably the two, uh, at, at least during this playoffs, probably the two best goaltenders in terms of their performance and Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, Fleury, in my opinion, will probably win the Vecina uh, just because of how good he's been in the regular season and, of course, the playoffs. 
Um, I think he deserves it. You know, 36 years years of age, many didn't even think he would stay with the Knights uh, because they re-signed Leonard on a five-year contract, but they were able to work it out with him. Uh, Leonard got hurt. Flurry played a majority of the season and has played outstanding and has been a great leader for the Knights. All the guys love him in the locker room. He's a great presence, uh, very humble, and makes big saves when it counts. And that's why, you know, he was so huge. He was able to stop. He was able to stop that first line uh, of of Colorado with McKinnon, uh, Ranton, and Landeskog. All probably probably one of the best first lines in hockey this year, which is why many thought the Avalanche would go on to win the whole thing. I think they were actually the favorites to win it this year. Um, but you know, you have that T-Mobile Arena, eighteen thousand fans, full capacity throughout the series. Uh, it was very hard for Colorado to get a win there, and they weren't able to. Uh, the Knights won all three games they played in the Fortress, which was huge for them. I think that's a great advantage for them. I think that's uh, why they'll be, able, they'll be able to beat Montreal in this next round just because Montreal hasn't seen something like that this year. And it's such it's such a boost of energy for, for the Knights. And when all their lines are clicking, when all their lines are playing well, especially in that game six, that closeout game against Colorado, uh, you had, you, they even had their fourth line get, get two goals. Uh, I believe it was Colasar and Carrier getting goals there. Um, you, you know, you have you have Ryan Reeves getting assists, who's a guy that doesn't get many points on the board. So, you know, it's it's a very it's very prom- this is a very promising Knights team who knows what it takes to to get it done in the playoffs. Even though this is only their fourth year, uh, but now you know three out of the four three out of the four seasons they made it to the second to last round. So pretty impressive uh, that they've been able to keep those group of guys together. A great group of guys that work well together. Great team chemistry there. And they have arguably one of the best goaltenders in, in the league in Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, who had 30 saves and 33 shots in that game, in that closeout game six against Colorado. Um, you know, it's a very, very disappointing end to the season for Nathan McKinnon. He felt like, you know, I'm sure he felt like Colorado had what it took to take to win this year. You know, he's 25 years of age, um, you know, has a lot to look forward still. I think, I think that Colorado team is definitely right there, maybe next year or the year after just because of how how much experience they'll have for for you know for their younger top line uh with with Rantanen and McKinnon and Landeskog. So, you know, Rantanen's only 24 years old. He's been awesome this year. You know, he had 66 points in this on, on the year. McKinnon had 65 and then Landeskog at 28 years of age had 52. So, great great year from that first line. And if they can stay together next year, I think we'll again probably be favorites to win the Stanley Cup. They just got to figure out what it takes to do to win the playoffs because, again, you know, last year they lost in the same round against Dallas. So, you know, they just got to put their heads down, keep working, and I think they'll be right back there next year. Uh, but for Vegas, it's, it's a very, you know, it's very exciting. They feel like they feel like they're definitely favorites to make it to the Stanley Cup uh, in this next series against Montreal. I think Montreal has very limited fans in their home arena. Meanwhile, Golden, the Golden Knights have full capacity in T-Mobile with 18,000 fans. So, you know, if, if, the Vegas, if Vegas is able to take those first two games, have, take a commanding 2-0 lead in the series, I think a lot goes in their favor there, um, especially because they've shown that they could win at least one on the road uh, during a series. And, you know, they can always rely winning on the, winning in the Fortress. And having Pacioretty back since that Game 7 against Minnesota has been huge. Um, he, he's been great. He's been great in the playoffs so far. I believe he has he, – he, he's played seven games, um, you know, four goals, four assists, eight points. So – He's definitely had a great impact on that team. He's a great leader. Uh, is much needed for that first line with Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson. Stone plays, I think, a lot better when Pacioretty's on the ice. Um, you know, and then you have great work from the defensemen for the Knights. I think the defensemen for the Knights have been the game changer this year. Uh, you know, Alec Martinez had only played a couple months of the Knights last year. 
uh, played well in in the bubble. But again, that was Shade. It was I think it was Shade Theodore uh, that was that was their leader in the bubble and was their best defenseman. But Martinez has stepped up tremendously this year. Has been a great defenseman for the Knights. Uh, you know, has has had a lot of experience with the Kings uh, for the last couple of years. But he led he led the league in block shots this year. Um, you know, he's willing to put his body on the line. Uh, you know, he all I think most of our defensemen play a more attacking style. You know, they they like to keep it. They like to keep it in the other zone. So they, they have to keep in that four check. So I think I think it's huge that Martinez and especially Petrangelo, who's the assistant captain captain behind Mark Stone this year. Petrangelo has been awesome. You know, he's, he's playing about 23, 24 uh, minutes a game on the ice. Uh, you know, he's also playing very high, very high up the ice. He, he even scored uh, in that game six against Colorado a great goal off off a tuck pass off the boards uh, had an assist as well was the first star of that game so you know just having that tremendous leadership from from a guy who was the captain of the Stanley Cup winning Blues two years ago uh, is, tre- is just it's tremendous for the Knights to have that guy and that presence in the locker room um, and on the ice as well and I think is why the Knights uh, should be the favorites in the series to win so if we do see a Golden Knights Tampa Bay Lightning uh, finals that would be awesome i think it'd be a very exciting series two very uh attacking minded teams with also two very very good goaltenders and andre vasilevsky and mark andre Fleury. and then you got the other major playoffs going on right now the nba playoffs you got U- the utah jazz versus the clippers uh suns nuggets sixers hawks and the bucks versus the nets and you know the milwaukee brooklyn that's an interesting matchup right now uh you know brooklyn's up 2-1 going into going to game four milwaukee on sunday uh, no James Harden. We don't know when he's going to come back. We might not see him for the rest of the playoffs. I, I think he re-aggravated that hamstring injury that he was out uh, for, I think, more than half of the season this year with. And they were looking so good in that first round with all three stars healthy. But now, you know, you just you just got KD, Kyrie, and the role players really going to have to step up. Guys like, um, guys, like, guys like Harris and guys like Bruce Brown, like they're going to have to step up. Um, not just be role players, but, you know, really help out on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Kyrie, KD, they can't have off games. They both got to be putting up at least 25 a night uh, to compete against a very big, a very good team in Milwaukee. A very, you know, well-routed team, I think. Um, you know, Chris Middleton's been been great for for the Bucks. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league uh, just because of how good his, his, how good his scoring ability is. He had 35 points um, in Milwaukee's Game 3 win against Brooklyn to, you know, to bring it back in within one. And, and, and you know you had Giannis having he had thirty three points, um, so both huge nights for them for a Bucks team that only scored eighty six points but held Brooklyn uh, to eighty three. You know KD he had thirty, Kyrie had twenty two, but just not enough from the other guys. Uh, you know Joe Harris was one for eleven from the hip, one for eleven from the field, and they're not going to win games when he doesn't shoot well. You know they rely on him to score four or five threes a night, um, so he's got to be shooting well for them to win. Blake Griffin only five points. I get he's not their primary scorer, but. Uh, again, he's got to contribute. He's got to contribute more. And then the Bucks only, or no, no, sorry, the Nets only had seven points off the bench. And I, I get it that you know the Bucks only had six, but again, the Bucks performers are you know they're all performing. Drew Holiday's been massive pickup for them this year. Great leader, uh, played forty six, played forty six minutes, so just sat out for two minutes in that game three. Um, you know, very very important leader at, at that point guard position for the Bucks. Um, so. You know, I think if the, if the Bucks pull this with, you know, if they pull it within two two, you go back to Brooklyn. I think it's anyone's. I think it's anyone's series. If the Nets go up three one, I do not see the, the the Bucks. You know, trying trying to make a comeback there, like you know, like LeBron's like LeBron's Cleveland uh, in twenty sixteen. So, 
Um, it's a must, must win game for Milwaukee. I think, you know, Giannis is going to have to have at least 35 points. Middleton's going to have to have at least 25. Um, you know, Drew Holiday's going to have to, Drew Holiday's going to have to chip in. Brooke Lopez, they're, they're going to have to have a good shooting game because as soon as, as soon as Kevin Durant erupts for 40, as soon as Kyrie erupts for 40, Joe Harris is knocking down his shots. The Nets can beat, I think, anybody in the East. Um, for the exception of Philly. I think Philly's got, just in terms of how they've been playing lately, you know, Joel Embiid's back healthy. I think he was only out for a couple games um, I, that, towards the end of that Washington series in the beginning of this of the series of, with Atlanta. Um, but when, when Philly is fully healthy, I think, you know, when you, you, put the, you put them against the Nets right now, I just think Philly's a much better rounded team uh, defensively. Uh, maybe not offensively, but again, defense wins championships. You got ar- arguably two of the best defenders in the league, and Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul, uh, both great perimeter defenders. Ben Simmons was um, a second in voting defensive player of the year this year, behind Rudy Gobert. Uh, Joel Embiid's known, you know, to be a pretty good defender in the post. He, you know, him, him and Simmons were both great. And Philly's game three win on the road. They're up two one in that series now. Embiid had twenty seven. Ben Simmons had eighteen. Was really attacking the paint well. Uh, was efficient, seven, to 11, seven for 11 from the field, had seven assists. And even Joel Embiid, big man, had eight assists. So they're both finding, they're, they're both finding their guys. Um, you know, they're, they're, shooting, they're shooting well, shot almost 48% from three. Um, you know, guys off the bench are contributing. Cork Moss has been good off the bench. Um, you know, even Dwight Howard when he comes in. And I think, he, you know, he, did, he usually doesn't play more than 15 minutes. But again, you know, he gets rebounds. Uh, he had 12 points in that game, in that game three in just thir- 13 minutes against Atlanta. So, you know, you need those guys off the bench to step up as good as their starters are for uh, for Philly. And even Tobias Harris, I think, again, him and Middleton, probably the two of the most underrated players in the East. He had 22 points, and people aren't even talking about that. People just want to talk about uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So, you know, for, for the Hawks, um, you know, great series win for them against New York. Not going to discredit that, but I just don't think they have what it takes. I don't think they have the experience to beat uh, a much better Philly team who who finished first in the East this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they pull it within, you know, maybe they win this game four, they pull it to 2-2. Two, two. Uh, but again, you go back to Philly, and I don't see them winning another game in Philly, as great as Trey Young was in that game one. Um, you know, he had 28 points in that game three. John Collins has been playing well in the post. Him and Capella, uh, you know, Capella's a rebounding machine. Had 16 rebounds in game three. So, but they again, it's, it's guys coming off the bench that need to contribute. Um, you know, Kevin, Kevin Herter had, he only had three points in 23 minutes off the bench. Lou Williams hasn't been shooting too well. Gallinari was 0 for 4 from three. So, you know, you, you have to have, you know, as good of a, as good as a well-balanced team as Philly is, I just, I don't see a lot of teams that are able to match that. Um, as great as the superstar power is in Brooklyn, as great as the superstar power is in Milwaukee, I think, you know, Milwaukee almost has a better well-rounded team than Brooklyn, which is why I think if they pull it within 2-2, well, you know, I think Brooklyn could get could get upset in that series. Um, obviously, I think we'd all, as basketball fans, love to see Philly versus versus Brooklyn, just because of you know how great of a matchup that that's been um, in the playoffs the last couple of years. As you know, that Brooklyn team has changed tremendously since they've lost met in the playoffs. Um, you know, with D'Angelo Russell leading that team, I think two or three years ago. Uh, but now you, you know you got KD, Kyrie, both you know both big names, two you know probably top ten top ten guys in the league against a very well-rounded Philly team who's built, you know, who's added to, they already had a great team the last couple of years, but now they've added even more in the offseason, you know, picking up Danny Green, Dwight Howard, both huge for them. Uh, picking up Seth Curry, who's a good shooter, who, you know, who's who's in that starting, who's in that starting five, who's a great rotational player for them. So, 
you know, I, you, you, if, if everybody is stepping up in that team for, for Philly, uh, you know, they usually, you know, they usually like to play nine, ten guys, everyone contributing. They're a very, very hard team to beat. And Matisse Thibel, I already said, he's such a good defender. He knocks down his shots when he needs to. He's a great, you know, he's a great young player in the league that has a lot of potential. And, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play so well together that I think it's it's going to be very hard for anybody, especially the Nets, to take down Philly this year in the East. So in the West, I think, you know, you have you have Phoenix, you're up 3-0. No way they, you know, no way they blow that series. A team that's gone 3-0, up 3-0 in the playoffs has never gone on to lose that series. Um, you know, as great as Nikola Jokic has been, he had, I think he had 30 yeah, thir- thir- 32 points, 10 assists, 20 rebounds. That is an insane stat line. You're like, oh, if someone has a stat line like that, they're sure to win that game. Well, they didn't. They lost 116-102. They lost by 14 points. And the thing is, he's missing Jamal Murray. You can tell. You know, when, when Jokic, he, he can get it going. You know that. He's 7 feet tall. You know, he's a good shooter. Um, you know, he's not, he's not scared to take those shots, to step up when, when the Nuggets need him to. But they're missing the presence of Jamal Murray. You can tell. Um, especially at that guard position, you know, Campazzo and Rivers—they've both been good, but they just don't have that leadership quality, that 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 ability to take over the game like Jamal Murray did, who who I think obviously carry the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals next year, uh, last year, sorry, um, as good as Jokic was last year as well. But Jokic has just been on another level this year. But he, he just needs more help. He needs his other guys to step up, and I think it's too late now. Now that they're down three uh, zero to a very very good Suns team. Uh, who knocked off my defending champs in the Lakers? You know, hats off to them. Won that series four two. They went they went down two one, and then and then won three in a row to close that out. Not a lot of people thought they could do it. Uh, you know, AD has some problems with injury. I think that's got a, something that needs to be addressed over the offseason. I think the Lakers have a lot to address over the offseason, but I'm going to talk about that in my next podcast because that's that's a whole grant I have ready for you guys. Um, I think there's at least three four maybe five guys who need who, who who should lead that team and that could be replaced with much with much better players that are you know that are not just ring chasing but willing to give it all uh for a team to you know to compete you know the lakers need guys to compete they can't have guys who are just who are just role players who are scared to shoot threes uh who just want to pass the ball back to lebron no you, you, lebron's going to be 37 years 37 years old next year and ad has problems with injury you got to have guys who are willing to step up you know tht good young player, you know, when LeBron goes down, when AD goes down, he's got to be the guy. Kuzma's got to be a lot better. If not, he's got to go. So I think there's a lot for Rob Polinka to address during this offseason. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to pick, you know, pick up one, two good players, you know, maybe get rid of the Drummonds, the Kuzmas. Um, you know, they, the Schroeder's asking for a lot of money, but that might go down now that he hasn't performed that well uh, in the last two months or so. So, um they they have spots to fill again the lakers have been one of the worst shooting teams in the last two or three years from three they need better three-point shooters they need guys like kcp wesley matthews to be shooting but he's shooting well from three consistently not just you know one game every five so that's you know that's something about the suns that makes them so good why are they able to beat the lakers you have guys who are shooting well every night you know devin booker has been insanely good this playoffs um you know he had 28 points and in, in the Suns game, in the game three win against the Nuggets, and in that closing game against the Lakers, he had 47. 47 points in game closing game at Staples, 8 for 10 from three. The dude can find, flat out find his shot. Um, you know, I think he's one of the more underappreciated players in this, in this league. Barely made the All Star team last year, and I think has emerged in, d- during these playoffs as a top 10 player in this league. He has been 
sensational. And, you know, when when the Suns, you know, they go down on a 10-0 run, he steps up, he makes a big shot, and that's something Chris Paul could do as well. They have they have three or four really really good players in the Suns who can make you can know you know who can score when they when it when it really counts. You know, you have DeAndre Aiden, he had 10 points, 15 rebounds in their game 3 win against against the Nuggets. He's been everything you could have asked for from him. I don't even think he's taken a three in the playoffs. Um, you know, that's just not his game. He stays down the block. He gets his rebounds. They feed him in the post. He gets it going. He's very energetic. Um, you know, everyone in the starting five is really contributing for them. Uh, I th- everyone was in double digits in, uh, in that starting five and in, in the Suns game three win against Nuggets. You know, Crowder had 14, Bridges 11, Aiden 10, Chris Paul 27. He really turned it on that game. Uh, looks like he's finally fully healthy from that shoulder injury he suffered in game one against the Lakers. Uh, eight assists and six rebounds to go along with that. And they don't call him the point god for no reason. He's His his game control, how he sees the game is something like no other player in the league pl- league has. And that's why you see that stat. Every team he goes to, uh, the year after the, the, the year after where he's there, they get so much better. Um, you know, the, the, the Thunder last year had a 0.7% chance to make the playoffs. And he got them to the playoffs. Chris Paul is uh, he he's one he's that player in the league. I think he's the top player in the league who deserves a ring that doesn't have one yet. Which is why you know you know I'm obviously not happy that this that the Suns beat my Lakers. But again, I think out of all the teams left, I would like to see them most uh, to win a championship this year. Just because I think Chris Paul is a guy who's worked so hard in the league for you know for more than a decade, and it's someone that I think deserves a ring. Um, then you got the Utah Clippers series. Um, Donovan Mitchell has been awesome. Every game he's fully healthy. They, they, you know, they're gonna win. You know, he had forty-four. He had forty-five points um, in the Jazz, in the Jazz's game. Uh, no, no, it was thirty-seven points in the Jazz's game two win against the Clippers. Forty-five points in that game one. Thirty-seven and forty-five is, is, is it's an insane stat line to start off the first two games. It's a statement. Uh, two must-win games for Utah uh, in their own stadium, and now I think they they honestly have a good chance to sweep the Clippers or at least get one to bring it in 3-1 because the Clippers have not been too great in the Staples this playoffs. I think they've only won uh, I think they only won one game uh, in the series against against Dallas and Staples or maybe it was two, but too many too many home losses in the playoffs against Dallas that you know that forced a game 7 to them for them to finally close it out um, in that game 7. So Clippers have no advantage I think at home. I think the Jazz are going to be coming in they have, I think, you know, they have five or six guys. No other, I think, team in the league as as well as I, you know, I said as well rounded as the Sixers are. I think the Jazz are even better well rounded. You have, you know, six man of the year in Jordan Clarkson, twenty four points off the bench in game two. At what what else can you ask for someone coming off the bench? He's been huge. Royce O'Neal had played forty one minutes, only had eight points, but has been you know a good defender, good rotational player for the Jazz. Bogdanovich shut Kawhi down in those last five minutes. Kawhi couldn't even get a good shot off. He kept having to pass the ball, force, you know, taking four shots. Uh, Bogdanovich definitely stepped up when the Jazz needed, needed him to in the last five minutes to shut down uh, Kawhi, who was looking to close that game out for the Clippers and wasn't able to do so as the Jazz as the Jazz won by six. Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, 20 rebounds along with 13 points uh, and a couple blocks as well, uh, three, three blocks to be exact, but he's been huge. Uh, especially, you know, as I said, on the defensive end, you know, getting getting re- getting offensive rebounds. Um, so he's exactly, you know, when when the Clippers are trying to run small ball, there's no one who can who can outmatch Gobert, and he's such such a great presence for the Jazz out there. Joe Ingles, 19 points, hit a dagger of a three, um, and as I said earlier, Donovan Mitchell at 37 shot almost uh, 
shot greater than 50% from the field. So um, everyone, everyone who's playing, uh, everyone who's playing for the jazz is, you know, doing what they need to do. No one is, no one is really having, have had a bad game for them in those, in those first two games at home. So um, whereas, you know, whereas the Clippers need a Paul George Kawhi to, you know, I think at least for both of them to have 25 as well as two or three other guys to get in double digits, you know, that's not something good you can always expect from the Clippers because, you know, as opposed to the Jazz, they do have guys that shy away in big moments. Uh, Paul George is going to have to be a greater leader. Kawhi Leonard is going to have to start, is going to have to talk more, uh, you know, also be a better leader, as great of a leader as he is. Um, you know, he, he's had that experience in the playoffs and he just got to find, he's just got to find a way to lead this Clippers team. Uh, to turn it on and, and get that spark to beat such a good, great shooting team um, and, the, and the Jazz, who were, were just raining threes from everywhere. So, I, I, I personally, I don't think what the Clippers have what it takes to knock off the Jazz. Um, I don't think they're going to take both games at home. They're going to go down 3-1, and it's going to be pretty impossible for them to come back from that. So I think we, we're going to see Utah-Phoenix in the, in the next round. Again, we can see very, very two good, good matchups in the Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals. With the top, with the top two teams probably going to make it for both, um, so Utah Phoenix would be probably one of the mo- one of the greater offensive matchups we've seen in a while. Just because um, you know you have guys like you, when you have Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell, you can expect at least both of them to go off for thirty against each other. So if we see that series, I think it's it's going to be awesome. It's going to be electric, and I'll be looking forward to that. All right, just to wrap up the show today, um, just got to tip my hat off to U.S. Soccer. Um, you know, if they definitely built that out of the ground after, after their after their, they failed to qualify for the World Cup with loss, very bad loss on the road against Trinidad and Tobago, um, in twenty seventeen or early twenty eighteen, I forget. Um, but they, they Greg Berhalter's come in, he's turned to the youth. Um, you have you have guys who are contributing who are twenty twenty one years old. A lot of them have gone to play in Europe. You have Christian Pulisic winning two trophies in a week, uh, Champions League with Chelsea, and then winning. Uh, the CONCACAF Nations League with the U.S. Um, Zach Steffen, great, great, great leader in goal. And he even went down, I think, in like the 75th minute in that final against Mexico. Ethan Horvath comes in and has a huge penalty save uh, to keep U.S. on top 3-2 to win that game. So you had guys who, you know, who really stepped up in that final against Mexico. I personally didn't think we had what it, what it took uh, to, win, to win that game. They ended up pulling it out. And I think that's a, there's a lot to build on from that, from that win. Um, and that final against Mexico and huge for the for the confidence of those young players going into the World Cup qualifying uh, coming up soon. So a uh, very young, promising team for the U.S. that I think has a lot to look forward to um, the next year or so. All right. So that's all I have for you guys today. Um, stay tuned to hear to hear more about uh, top rank tonight and I'll see you guys soon.